to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us on this fourth Sunday in August. Let us join our hearts, our minds, and our voices together as our ensemble leads us in Come, O Font of Every Blessing. Let us now join our hearts and our minds together in a time of prayer, beginning with a moment of silent prayer. This day, O oh God, we pray. Precious Lord, take my hand. Precious Lord, take my hand because I am afraid. I am afraid of this Delta variant of the COVID virus. I am afraid for 
my friends and family, and all those who refuse to be vaccinated. I am afraid that masks will be, continue to be defined as a political statement rather than as the ultimate way to love one another. Precious Lord, take my hand because I am weary. I am weary of war and occupation in Afghanistan and elsewhere. I am weary of inadequate political decisions that further human suffering. I am weary of fundamentalism in all its forms that would deny human equality and freedom. Precious Lord, take my hand because I am worried. Worried about those affected by the latest earthquake in Haiti. Worried about those in the path of Henri. Worried about those displaced by the fires in Northern California. Precious Lord, take my hand because my soul needs you. My soul needs you to be present amidst my tears. My soul needs you to send your comfort and peace upon all your children. My soul needs reassurance that you have promised to be with us always. Precious Lord, take our hands, take our hearts, take our souls. Revive us again so that we might be renewed and restored as your people. Send down your spirit upon us and make us whole. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Christ, our Lord, and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day thy daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We're so glad you've joined us for worship today. We had hoped to have our pastoral intern, Jace Lucas, with us this morning, but he was a bit under the weather, and so anyone who's not feeling well, we want to stay home for everyone's sake. Couple of announcements. Next weekend is a big weekend. On Saturday, we have our Vacation Bible School in the park. If you have not signed up for that and would like to be part of it, please email kevin at hollywoodumc.org so we can get you on the list for that. And then on Sunday is our ring for the vaccine, our vaccination clinic here in our parking lot between noon and 5 p.m. We've gotten a lot of buzz about it uh, in the Park La Brea News, the Beverly Press, the Blade, uh, and we're hoping to have more publicity uh, as the day comes close. Our council member, uh, Nithya Raman, will be with us uh, to kick off the, the vaccination clinic, and we do hope that if you are not vaccinated or someone you love is not, encourage them to come and get that shot so that we can increase the amount of people vaccinated in this county, and hopefully, God willing, we can decrease the amount of pain and death in this county, and by definition, in the nation. So all of this we, are, we do because of you, because of your support, because of your encouragement, because of your commitment to our ministry. With your prayers, your presence online for now, but back together, we pray next month, September 26th, 
your service, your witness, and your financial gifts. We encourage you to continue to give to our online ministry, through our online ways, um, and those should be on your screen or in the chat right now. Uh, please continue to support all of the ministries that we have because even when we come back in person, we will be continuing online. Thank you, and God bless you.
these waters Wait in the water trouble these waters God is gonna trouble these waters God is gonna trouble these waters God is gonna trouble reading from the Gospel of Matthew. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work. They don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses in all of his spl- if if God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Word of God, words of life. Thanks be to God. Good morning. My name is Marlon Da Silva, and some of you may know I've been lucky to grow up in this church since I was one years old, as both my parents brought me here, or also been called the resident filmmaker over the years. But in the last 18 months, I've been the production coordinator, helping bring and direct our live streams since Easter and our online services before that, with the help of our amazing AV team up here in the balcony. But today, I come as a request here as Pastor Mark wanted me to introduce today's CrossFlix sermon series based on a film from one of my favorite filmmakers and the first ever summer blockbuster, 
Steven Spielberg's 1975 hit, Jaws. Now, if you don't know about the film, it's about a killer shark that brings chaos to the community and the people of Amity Island, which is off of, off of Cape Cod. And really, it's about a trio of a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and a sailor that go to hunt this shark down and bring assurance to the people of Amity Island. Now, you may be wondering, how does a film like Jaws fit into a sermon series like Crossflix or bring a perspective of faith? Well, we're about to find that out from Pastor Mark today. And in my opinion, I think it fits perfectly into the sermon series as I think it really mirrors what we've gone through in the last 18 months, but from a different standpoint. So I'm gonna leave it there, but without further ado, here is the teaser trailer to Jaws. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine. An eating machine. A great white shark. A stake to claim in the waters off Amity Island. You yell barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. This shark, swallow you whole. Whoever have one do this before? Hello. He's trying to run! I am You're gonna need a bigger boat. Hello everyone, and it is a joy to be with you on this day as we continue a Hollywood UMC's summer Crossflix sermon series, Finding Faith in Film. And this morning, as Lafayette led us, we're gonna wade into the water, some might say with trepidation, to revisit a classic cinema treat in which the summer event movie was born. But first, I wanna give a shout out I want to give a shout out to a young man who just introduced this film clip for us, Marlon Da Silva. It is he who is at the technical helm here at the church, ardently working with a dedicated team of volunteers enabling us, Hollywood United Methodist Church, to share our worship services with you by way of live stream. And I just want to brag on him just a bit. Earlier this year, Marlon graduated from Cal State LA with a bachelor's degree of arts degree in film, television, and media. Woohoo! And this summer, he was one of 100 students, and get this, selected out of 9,000 applicants from across the United States and abroad to be part of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Gold Rising Program. And out of that, 100, he was one of 35 for its production track. And in addition to all of that, upon graduating from this eight-week program, Marlon was one of the recipients of the Greenlight Jobs Scholarship. Now you talk about an honor, yeah. And he's now, <laughs> he's gonna be paired with an Academy member 
for eight months in a mentorship. And as though that weren't enough stuff of excellence, Marlon was asked to deliver and represent the entire, the entire graduating class for the Gold Rising program and deliver a speech at the graduation ceremony. At the age of 23, 23, I, you know, we couldn't be prouder of him, amen? And we, Marlon, we love you, we love your parents, and we look forward to, with great anticipation, to seeing how you are going to make your mark on future filmmaking. Congratulations, brother. Now, I also bring up Marlon because, well, we fondly call him, we nickname him Spielberg. And this is one of his directorial inspirations here in the film industry, and that's for good reason, right? And that leads us to today's CrossFlix uh, focus, Jaws. But before beginning today's message, let us pray. Holy God, we come before you, we give thanks for your compassionate mercy, love, and amazing grace. Lead us to trust in you and your awesomeness, to serve and follow you. Help open our our eyes and our hearts and our minds to see this world from your divine perspective, to value that which Jesus values and to act accordingly. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer, amen. So this morning we're gonna focus on a movie that scars as well as scares. Having driven swimmers out of the ocean since its original premiere on June 20th, 1975, and for anyone counting, that's 46 years ago, Jaws. Winner of three Academy Awards, Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing, as well as being nominated for Best Picture. And it still resonates with viewers to this day. Now, prior to the unveiling of Jaws, creature features, well, they've been made before. However, not like this one. No, instead of a, a typical fish out of the water story, we have a fish in the water story, and that fish is a great white shark, an eating machine. And, and also, this story was based on a best-selling novel by Peter Benchley. Now, I gotta say, though, this film production, it was troubled. It was troubled from the outset. That originally had been, I believe it was 55 days that they thought, oh, well, you know, this is me, principal photography. 55 days. It turned out to be 159 days. That initial budget was set at $3 million. Well, it tipped the scales at $12 million. Nevertheless, nevertheless, this 27-year-old director, Steven Spielberg, he rose above all those obstacles that stood in his way to fully come into his filmmaking powers. I like what Spielberg later stated. He said, what I really owe to Jaws was creating in me a great deal of humility about tempering my imagination with the facts of life at sea. And the facts of life at sea came into, really came into play in regard to this mechanical shark as well as the weather conditions. And neither of them were accommodating. 
which caused delay upon delay upon delay. I mean, we're talking about a ballooned film schedule and this just compounded the fiscal damage. Nonetheless, sometimes, sometimes, we fall into what my dad would call dumb luck. Dumb luck. And that's when something good happens in an unexpected way. And as my dad would tell me, it's important, it's what you do with dumb luck that counts. And Spielberg made it count. Due to the endless problems that, that this mechanicized, mechanicized shark, I mean, he had no control over the shark, but Spielberg, he had to totally rethink his directorial vision. And that was a godsend. Because rather than showing the shark a lot, as the way he originally intended, what he had, he then chose to do was conceal it, and by making that choice, it heightened the terror and the tension in a more Hitchcockian way. Friends, if you can't tell, Jaws is one of my all-time favorite films. It's a cinematic masterpiece of suspense and adventure. I mean, that storytelling, oh, it's so just, it's masterful. The cinematography is innovative. The, the, they've got these three-dimensional characters in a, a marvelous cast that is brilliantly acted, and this included Richard Dreyfuss and Roy Scheider and the impeccable Robert Shaw. And there are iconic moments throughout the entire film, such as Quint's speech about the USS Indianapolis, and iconic lines like Chief Brody's you're gonna need a bigger boat. Given this though, in the hands of anyone else, I believe that this movie could have potentially been a disaster. It could have been campy. Instead, we were the recipients of a fable with a cultural message that remains relevant to this day. And I want to emphasize this. The mark of a great film, the mark of a great film is one that can be a commentary on society at any given time. And Jaws is that. Now, when Marlon and I had a Zoom chat a few weeks ago, woo, we fanboyed. We fanboyed all over this film, Jaws. And, and we centered our conversation on a few elements that were especially, it especially resonates with today and, and for us today. And when I, when I say us, I'm talking about society, but let's also include the church in the us. Well, in the film, we have this tourist town, and it's uh, called Amity, and as the shark-denying Mayor Vaughn reminds us, it means friendship. It needs summer dollars. It needs summer dollars to keep afloat throughout the off-season. And so what is the big moneymaker? July 4th. Ooh, the July 4th weekend. That's the, that is big bank, huge for its bank. And this is a place where money is hot to trot and the visitors, they're eager to spend that money. But when a woman's remains are washed up at low tide and the coroner assigns this uh, case of death as being a shark attack, well, the chief of police, and that's Martin Brody, he chooses to close the beaches. Well, that decision didn't go over well. It immediately just blows up. And the mayor convinces the medical examiner to assert that this tragedy was due to a boating accident and demanding that the beaches 
be kept open for the sake of summer dollars. And here's where we see the mayor, and I'm going to say the mayor is the representative of commerce. And then you have, on the other hand, he's facing off with Chief Brody, who is the representative of law, and we'll also say order. And more to the point now, the mayor pulls rank, and the protection of the people is ignored for the town's lifeblood to flow. And the blood, of the, <laughs> the blood of life does indeed flow out for this town, this time in the worst of possible ways with the death of the young Alex Kintner. And here then is where entering into the story is Matt Hooper, and Matt Hooper is the representative of science, and he's got all the facts. He has the technology, all those fun gadgets. And then here's Captain Quint, and Captain Quint is the representative of war. Now each, each are convinced that the mayor's path of inaction is not only dangerous, but willfully ignores the evidence that is in fact there is a giant killer shark and it's in the water. And when the monster from the deep has finally wreaked enough havoc that even commerce can't ignore it's the danger, this is when law, war, and science venture forth to battle the force of chaos in the great sea. Now, what did I say earlier about the mark of a great film? The mark of a great film is one that can be a commentary on society at any given time. And over the years, there's been a lot of story analysis of, regarding Jaws, and if we go back to its release over there in the summer of 1975, film historian P, uh, Peter Biskin wrote that this is a post-Watergate look at corrupt authority. Now, okay, if we applied this film to what we've been going through since 2020, Amity Island's mayor, instead of being a shark denier, he could be considered a COVID denier or an anti-vaxxer. We could easily see him prioritizing capitalism over community health in a way that's reminiscent of some politicians, and I'm even gonna throw some clergy, during the pandemic. And likewise, the great white isn't just a shark. Mm -mm. Like COVID-19, the shark is an example of creation and nature having gone berserk. The coronavirus is the force of chaos. We have had our own representatives of law, order, and war, and science duking it out with commerce to do the right thing to make this world community safer. But then here it is and the community all gets caught up in the, the swirl of a blame the game. And it, cause they're not too sure, who do you trust? And where do I place my trust? Is it on economic prosperity or is it on public safety? Is it on personal liberty or is it on public good? And then half of the community, well then they want to go it alone and willfully ignore a prevalent, pervasive threat to humanity instead of facing it and destroying it. Yet you know what happens when that's going down? Dire consequences. Dire consequences on multiple levels, and the innocent pay the price 
along with the obstinate. During the movie, there comes this moment, it's a t- they, ha- they have a town hall meeting, and uh, this is when they're saying the beach is going to be closed for 24 hours following the grisly evidence of this uh, shark attack. Well, there's this local woman, and she, she isn't seen on the camera, and she speaks. And though she isn't named, I'm going to give her a name, Karen. And Karen's voice carries with it this whine as she complains, 24 hours is like three weeks. Now, friends, this is a seemingly what they call a throwaway line, but this throwaway line really stuck out at me because what she's doing is she's taking an adamant stand against the, from the loss of economics, the loss of money, a lost summer, and she feels that that is scarier and more devastating than any great white shark virus could ever be. That it's more important to value personal freedom over social responsibility, to value money over life. Do you think Jesus might have something to say about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, don't, we can just look earlier into the reading of Scripture from Matthew 6, 24 through 34. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you're going to be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness. Desire first. Strive first. Pursue first what? God's kingdom and God's righteousness. The way of Jesus. And yet the way we as society have been operating seems to be more motivated out of fear than it is love. Rather than meeting this issue of COVID head on and all that has ensued with compassion and self-giving, there has been, and I'm going to say this bluntly, an exploitation of others. And I'm going to put in United Methodist terms for us. There's been a thumbing of the nose at John Wesley's three simple rules. Do no harm. Do good. Stay in love with God. In these difficult and challenging times, who do we trust? Well, the dollar bill says, in God we trust. But isn't that mixed messaging? Because do we really trust God? Well, now the worldview is one that says that our well-being is about wealth and status to keep the food supply. And let's face it, folks, we're part of the food supply rolling along at pretty much whatever cost. The striving is oriented toward the health and well-being of the marketplace. And then there's this alternative taught by Jesus. And as we receive in the Sermon on the Mount, that the accumulation of wealth and the desire for status, it's an illusion. It's impermanent. And if we unwisely place ourselves in their hands by putting them in the lead of our lives, things are not going to go well. Mm -mm. Yet I want to be straight up and say, let's not be foolish enough just to think just because we're Jesus followers that, oh, well, you know, we're not going to have any troubles. No, uh uh-uh, because we got to wade in the water. Scripture does not make that promise. But we will be provided for. Y'all, we are invited. 
We are invited by staying in love with God to look out for each other. You see, in kingdom living, in kingdom living, Jesus neither condones wanton greed nor personal irresponsibility. In kingdom living, we think about our neighbors as we think about ourselves, knowing we belong to each other. We are responsible for each other. Love God, love neighbor, boom, boom, greatest commandment, Matthew 27, uh, 22, 37 through 40. All, all the rules and directives in the law flow from these. And right now, our, our actions toward the implementation of the COVID-19 vaccine tie into the greatest commandment. Now, I understand, look, I understand that some may not want to necessarily protect themselves with this vaccination. I think God would certainly have something to say about that. But by taking such a stance, digging our heels into the ground, how are we loving our neighbor? How are we loving our neighbor? How are we tending to the well-being of our children? As the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 4, instead of each person, watch, what, person watching out for their own good, how about watching out for what is better for others? Now, I just paraphrased that verse. Or Ephesians 5, 21, submit to each other out of respect for Christ. Here's a video clip featuring one of my dear friends. I love her so much. And she's, a, she's an awesome member of Hollywood UMC, Polly Perrette. And she shares not only about the vaccine, but how her life was directly impacted by COVID-19. Hey, church family, it's Polly. So anybody that knows me knows my daddy, Paul, Paul and Polly, and especially church people, because he comes out here every November from Alabama to crazy California to celebrate Thanksgiving with me and everybody and his birthday. And he always likes to decorate the church for Christmas with us. Um, Daddy got COVID right before the vaccine was available. And I lost him. So please get the vaccine. So the people that you love don't feel like this. I knew Paul. I, I met Paul on several occasions. And it's, it's still unfathomable. It's unfathomable to know he's no longer with us. And as Paulie shared, the vaccine is there for the taking. When something good happens, what you do with it is what counts. Matching word with deed, Hollywood UMC is offering a wonderful opportunity for those who have yet to be and receive the vaccination next Sunday. Next Sunday, August 29th, from 12 noon to 5 p.m. in the parking lot here at the Hollywood campus. Uh, it's free. There's no questions going to be asked. And if you're between the ages of 12 and 17, please have a parent or guardian with you. And folks, let's spread the good news about this.
Amen? Okay, I'm going to now conclude my message with this. It's something that Marlon and I discussed. It's the final shot in Jaws, and spoiler alert, okay? <clears throat> so here's Chief Brody, Chief Brody and Hooper, and they're swimming to the shore, and this, this moment of chaos has now been overcome. Good has triumphed over evil, and yet, <clears throat> and here's the beauty of this shot with these two individuals. What's going to happen next? We don't know because their lives have changed. There's no return to what was. They must face a new normal. What's that gonna look like? On whom will they trust? On whom will they now rely upon? And folks, those very same questions are applicable to us. Faith community, how will we respond? In the meantime, we're the ones, we're the ones smack dab in the chaos. We're dealing with the shark. And to overcome the chaos, it takes teamwork from all of us. Just like it did from Brody, Hooper, and Quint, and Jaws. Can we, as ordinary people like them, rise to an extraordinary situation and restore sanity and peace to a society slipping into disorder. What say you Christians? What say we? With God in the lead, may it be so. Amen. Before today's worship service uh, comes to an end, we have a special treat, a special treat with a postlude that's gonna be played on the piano by film score uh, composer, Billy Mapede. And he's gonna provide us with a compilation from the award-winning musical score of Jaws by John Williams. And now friends, receive this benediction and I found it is an Irish sailor's blessing. May the seas lie smooth before you. May a gentle breeze forever fill your sails. May sunshine warm your face and kindness warm your soul. And until we meet again, may God bless you and keep you safe. Amen.